Thank you for those who are still giving online. You're not feeling comfortable yet. But I declare there is no pandemic. It is over. And the church needs to arise and realize the value of assembling together. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves, because there's value in it. There's a dynamic and an uh, aspect to it that you're not going to get watching online. So we continue to urge you to be among us. We miss you. We love you. And that goes for those who are not yet part of our body of believers that, are, that will be someday soon. God bless all of you who are watching this morning and will watch later on. Anybody have something from the Lord you need to share this morning? Making opportunity for that. Lord, we do, we do thank you for your word, even as Rich opened the service. You know, there's such a depth and richness to God's word. And, you know, don't be in a hurry. You know, uh, I think I can be guilty of, uh, I don't know if it's a man thing or just a whatever. I want to conquer. When I'm reading the scripture, I'm like, I'm going to read you know, I'm going to read five chapters this morning, and I, and I can blaze through it, and, you know, I've read it 40 times before, but when I decide, you know what, I'm going to tarry. I'm going to tarry before the Lord. I'm going to give him the opportunity to speak to me through the Word. Those are the richest times. Those are the special times of revelation that he yearns to give to us and share with us. So be encouraged, saints. Be of good cheer, the Bible says. He has overcome the world. Well, I'm ready to unload. Are you ready to receive? I've been journeying through the book of Romans in my own reading time. You might recall I preached from Romans 5 last week. I'm going to hop on to Romans chapter 6 this morning, starting at verse 1. And your, the caption in your Bible should say something like this. Believers are dead to sin and alive to him, to God. What shall we say then, Paul is writing to the Roman church? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? May it never be. 
shall, how shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ Jesus, have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Talking about um, accessing and operating in the power of the resurrected one. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. <laughs> now, if we have died, excuse me, pages are sticking together. If we have died with Christ, we believe that he, we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. The book of Romans is not a book you can conquer, that you can rush through and think you have uh, sucked all the juice out of the meat. It's full of meat. It's not for the faint of heart. Thank you all who have come today and those that are watching. I'm very dry. All right, let's go. A few weeks ago, can't believe it's been that long already, I had the privilege and joy of performing a wedding ceremony of two special people now known as Bernie and Rachel Derner. <laughs> but <laughs> they entered into a marriage covenant with each other and with God. Ecclesiastes 4.12 talks about that three-stranded cord, God being the third strand in the covenant of marriage. Matthew 19.6 says it this way, Consequently, they are no longer two, but one flesh. But therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. 
the passion renders it that from now on, they are no longer two, but united as one. The King James Version says they are joined together or yoked together. So, I'm dwelling on, on this because it relates to where we're going in a few moments. Yoke together means you have to pull and move in the same direction. Whether it's in a marriage or in your relationship with Christ. You can't say, uh, Jesus, you know, I'm going this way. And he says, uh, no, we are yoked. And if you've ever seen, we don't see it in our culture, but if you go overseas or to Israel, you will see uh, when oxen pulling a cart, they have this wooden apparatus that goes over the neck. And even though one of the animals might decide it wants to go in that direction, it's not very easy to do because they are yoked. They are yoked, they are connected together. And they have to move in the same direction that the master or the driver decides. They are one unit. It speaks of being yoked together with Christ. Jesus talks about this figuratively in Matthew 28, 29, and 30, saying, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And some translations say, Learn of me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my load is light. What is it that yokes us together with Christ or binds us together with Christ? It should be no secret. It is his love. His love, yes, his blood, but his overwhelming, indescribable, ever-faithful Love that never fails. I would give up were it not for his love. I would have given up times, many times over in the last 40-something years, but his love has sustained me. It's given me fresh hope. It's given me courage. It's given me strength. And I could go on and on. His love provides whatever you need at the time you need it. That's how strong it is. His love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Romans chapter 8 says it this way. 
38 and 39. For I am convinced, and Paul ought to know, he went through hell for Jesus. I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, height, depth, or any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what binds us together with him. That's why Peter said, where else can I go? Lord, where, where, can, where can I go? He's the one that denied Jesus three times. And yet, Jesus still loved him dearly. Yes, he wept, but he came back and was sustained by that very same love. And he had a powerful ministry. and He became a pillar in the church in the New Testament. United with Christ. That's, the, that's our message today. Or united in Christ, if you prefer. There are a number of things here in our text that relate to that union with him. First thing, in verse 4, it says we are buried with him. <laughs> we are buried with him through baptism into death. So we might walk in newness of life. You know, in the natural, there is absolutely no reason there should be any difference in us when we go under the water of baptism and then we come up out of the water. But I assure you, there is a difference. And that's what this is talking about because when we submit to him, when we go under the water, especially, I mean, I don't like going underwater. I had some bad experiences as a kid. You know, my dad thought he was doing me a favor trying to teach me to swim while I'm gulping seawater. I'm like, no thank you. So to, for me to go underwater, even if I'm holding my breath or closing my mouth, I don't like it. It's an act of obedience and submission. But God does something in that process. And some say they come up, you come up changed. You don't look the same. You don't feel the same. You don't see things the same. There was a death that occurred underneath that water. We are buried with him. And it's not uh, Davy Jones's locker, as the sailor lore talks about. It's, it's the buried in the waters of Christ. And he's with us there underneath when we're submerged. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's what? He's changed. He's a new creation or a new creature. The old things are no more. They've passed away. Behold, 
new things have come. That's God's declaration over you when you died in baptism, when you were buried with him, as the scripture said, in baptism. Ephesians 4.22, in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, and then continuing later, that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. See, this is, the, this is what God does in us. He gives us, he creates in us the, the desire to do what's right. If we're honest, we don't always want to do what's right. We want to do what we want. But that Holy Spirit of God who lives within us brings correction, brings adjustment, brings the truth of the Word of God so that we and the strength to make the, the right choice. In, in baptism, we are saying we want and need to go deeper in our relationship with Jesus. We need to stay committed to this process of being made into the image of Christ, allowing him to form his character in us. It's not something we can do. We may want it, but we don't have the power to do it without his help. That's what being buried with him is all about. It's a process of dying to self. Even daily, Paul says, I die daily. Are we willing? Dying daily means not doing what you feel like doing. Doing what he asks you to do. He doesn't force you to do. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. Secondly, in verse 5, it says, we are united with him in our text, Romans 6, 5. For we have been become united with him in the likeness of his death. The Amplified renders, set, whew, my tongue does not want to cooperate. Help me, Lord. We have become one with him. The Passion says we are permanently grafted into him. That word united, when it says united with him, it means to grow together. And Even in the natural, united means connected, made one, combined, being in agreement. The, the word unite means to put together or to form a single unit, to become one. That 
Greek word is only used one other time in a negative sense in the Gospel of Luke, eight, um, chapter 8, verse 7, where it says, the sower sowing the seed, and the seed was sown among thorns, and it says, among thorns, and it says, they grow together. And Jesus talks about, in another parable, Matthew 13, 25 to 30, we're not going to go there, but it talks about you can't pull up the tares that the enemy sows because they're growing right along with the good, good wheat. And he says, wait till the harvest. Then separate them and burn the tares. Put the wheat into the barns. But the idea is growing together, becoming one with him in a positive sense. Philippians 2.2, Paul speaking to the church in Philippi, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. J.B. Phillips rendering says, live together in love as though you had only one mind and one spirit between you. 1 Corinthians 2.16, we have the mind of Christ. That's being united with him, knowing what to do, how to do it, when to do it, to bring redemption to a situation, to bring victory, to bring encouragement, comfort, so many things. I was talking to Roger about this. I went online as well about, um, first thought I was having was about two pieces of metal being welded together. And there was some discussion online, you know, does it then become stronger? Do the two that were separate become stronger? And maybe, but the thing is, the weld, and um, I don't have the terminology correct, but uh, he was telling me that a one-inch weld has the power to withstand like 70,000 pounds. That, just that bead of between holding the two pieces together, or that bond, or that union, if you will, of the two. And it, I was likening it to the blood of Christ, how that blood, how we are united with him. It's not easy to separate us. We read in Romans 8, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing and no one. We are in, unable to be separated from him. It's only if we take the highway and go our own way, then a separation comes about, but not by what people will say or do, or not how by, about how, how we feel when we're going through some things. 
And it might, may have even been last week, but it was recently I, I told you a story when I was at Elam. And the founder, Ivan Q. Spencer, he was really into agriculture and experimenting with things. And what he did was he grafted uh, on a, a red delicious tree, he grafted a yellow delicious shoot. And so when I was in, you know, it was my job to get the orchard in shape. I'm in there pruning, and I'm like, what? On one tree, there was two kinds of apples, right? But how do you graft something? There has to be a cutting. And so there is, there is a cost to be grafted together with Christ. It's very well worth the cost. But some are not willing to pay the price to be united with him. I say it's worth everything. He gave everything for me and for you to be united with him, to be grafted into, into him, if you will, to be yoked with him. So we need to draw upon the one who Proverbs 18.24 is a friend who sticks closer than a brother and gains strength to face life's challenges. He will turn your test into a testimony. He's very good at that when we cooperate with him, when we decide to do things his way and not our way. Isaiah 55, 6, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Romans 8, 37, But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us and loves us and will always love us. United, connected, established, and grounded in Christ. That's why I can't quit. You know, if you're honest, there's days you want to quit. You take such a beating, a pounding, a mental assault. Really, this is the battleground right here. That you want to throw in the towel, as they say. You want to quit. You want to walk away. But you are united with him. You have the power of his love and the power of his blood that will and will always get you through to victory when you allow him to do a deeper work, when you make the sacrifice, when you make the right choices. The third thing is we are crucified with him, and he volunteers. It's not talking about getting nailed to a cross and but it's actually more painful. It doesn't take long to die on, on a cross physically when they do that. But when we are crucified, that means giving up and giving in to all he asks of you. To allow him to do the finished work in us. 
Those closest to us know that God isn't finished with us yet. Right, married couples? That's the proving ground. It's not when we're in church, it's when we're not in church. Remember Brother Andrew saying, telling the story of his, his precious wife saying, I don't like the Andrew at home. It's not the same Andrew as in the church. Brother Andrew? Oh, I don't know. Oh, yes. <laughs> he would say, oh, yes. She was right. Crucified with him. Our old self was crucified with him that, no that we might what? No longer be slaves to sin. But, even so, Romans 6.11, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Romans 6.18, having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Now that's a different kind of slavery. Because when you're a slave to righteousness, that opens up a whole can of whoopee called grace. Him unlocking the matchless grace that we need to get through to victory. Crucified with him. Galatians 2.20 I have been, Paul speaking, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by what? Faith in the Son of God. Who loved me and delivered himself up for me. Galatians 5.24 Now those who, have, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Like Paul, we have to say, I die daily. God has an agenda. Before you even get out of bed, he has a plan. He has people lined up. He has circumstances lined up. And you have to, you have to learn to shut your mouth many times and not say what you feel like saying. Not cause hurt with your words or your actions. Need to die daily, 1 Corinthians 15, 31. And choose to live with Jesus and for Jesus by making the right choices. Number four, we have died with him, says in verse eight. We have died with Christ by accepting the sacrifice on the cross, the power of his blood to cleanse us, set us free, receiving salvation by faith that only he can supply. And why is that? Why is his blood so powerful? Hebrews 9.16, for where a covenant is, or I would even add there, we're a new birth experience. 
is we come into covenant with him. Or he, if you prefer, he comes into covenant with us. Actually, both. Therefore, there, there must be of necessity but be a death to the one who made it, made the covenant. Second Corinthians 4.10 Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. You know, we don't volunteer for some of the things God has planned for us to undergo. But he knows that those things, and I would even say those people, <laughs> and you all know what I'm talking about, those ones that get under your skin. You can't wait to get out of the room. And God's saying, uh-uh. You've got to love that person. You've got to show them my love. So forth. We have died with him. Second Timothy 2.11 For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. And if we endure, we shall also reign with him. Pointing to the resurrection and the resurrection power that is made available to every blood-bought believer. doesn't matter if you think you have the power. You have the power. And most importantly, in the season we're in, we have to learn to walk in that power that he says we have. It's part of the package when we accept him. He enables us. He releases us the grace and power we need to be more than conquerors, Romans chapter 8. So we need to, we need, or make it personal, you need to embrace the cross in your life. And James chapter 1 verse 12 says it this way. I ran out of room on my page. I had to mark some scriptures. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved. And that, the meaning of that is once you have passed the test, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Not the, just the ones who say they love him, but demonstrate in word and deed that they in fact do love him. Coming to the close, point number five. We live with him. Verse 8 and verse 11. Verse 8 says, Now if we have died with Christ, we shall also live with him. And even so, consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to, to God in Christ. Verse 11. 
Living with him is living with the assurance that he's with us. You know, it's not based on whether you feel, feel like he's with us, with you. It's not based on your feelings. It's based on the truth. It's based on the word. It's based on his promises, proven promises in the word of God. Living with the assurance that he's with you. Romans 8, 31. If God is for us, who is against us? And I think, I, I like in this case, I like the King James. It says, who can be against us? If God's for us, who can be against us? I was remembering a song from the 70s, 1979, yesterday. And I've mentioned this lady a few times of late. The song is by Ebby Turnquist, 1979, Live for Jesus. You know, you don't understand when, when some of us were growing up and, and sprouting wings spreading our wings in Christ in the 70s, there was not a lot of Christian music available. There wasn't. Not like today. But she had some great music, and this is the chorus from that song entitled Live for Jesus. Live for Jesus, that's what matters. When other houses crumble, Mine is strong. Live for Jesus, that's what matters. That you see the light in me and come along. And so being united by faith with Christ and makes available what Ephesians 6 called, calls the full armor of God. We're not going to read all those verses, but you can refresh yourself with that. But Verse 13, Ephesians 6.13 says, Take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything, take a stand. And we are living in a day where it is becoming increasingly more important for the believer and for the church of Jesus Christ to take a stand against some of the things that are going on in the culture, in the, in the political realm, and so forth. Having done everything, stand firm. And I'm going to finish by reading some scriptures I felt impressed to read by Holy Spirit. Colossians 1, six, um, verses 16 to 20. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. And in him, guess what? All things hold together.
There it is. He also is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn among the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Glory to his matchless name. And one more verse, 1 Corinthians 8, 6. Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things, from whom are all things, and we exist for him, whom are all things, and we exist through him. To God be the glory, great things, great things he has done. I hope you get a deeper understanding of what Jesus has done for you and how much he loves you. It's not about what you can do for him so much as what he has done for you that enables you to do things for him. To God be the glory. Great things he has done.